Welcome to 3Factor Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Vladimir Novik, Developer Advocate at Hasura. Uh, I'm super excited to be hosting this, this series, and um, we, we're going to tell you what this podcast is going to be about. So today we have in this intro episode, it's like a small like five minutes episode, we will discuss what does the, the actual name, like 3Factor, means and what you can expect from future episodes. So on this intro, we have Tom Michael Paul and uh, Tiro Selvan. Hi guys. Hey guys. Hi guys. Uh, I'm Tanmay. I'm uh, a co-founder at Hasura. Hi guys. I'm Tiru. I work at Hasura on all things serverless. Cool. Uh, so uh, Tanmay, so we we thought a lot about this uh, three-factor radio name, and uh, like how did we come up with the with, with the actual name? So yeah, I mean, so so this was it was quite a process, right? Like we were we were uh, yeah. trying to come up with a good name for the podcast, and we were thinking we want to talk about GraphQL, we want to talk about serverless, we want to talk about all these new things happening in the ecosystem, and you know, like how do we name the podcast? What should we call the podcast? Um, and so then um, we realized that you know the the three factor app architecture proposal that we had, um, and and that we talk about, and we decided to kind of just inspire the name based on that. So um, and and the three factors of the uh, of the three factor dot app proposal are GraphQL, serverless, and eventing. And you can go read about that separately. But that three factor dot app kind of proposal is what inspired the name. And uh, and in this podcast, we'll basically talk about everything to do with GraphQL and serverless and eventing. Yes, totally. So. Uh, GraphQL, like, I'm really excited about GraphQL because, like, as you probably have heard, uh, GraphQL is gradually replacing REST and, like, every major business at least think about using it or already using it. And um, you, if you haven't heard about GraphQL at all, you totally gonna, uh, need to check, check this out because the, this is actually the future. And uh, there are, like, tons of benefits of using GraphQL and... Uh, Ecosystem is like pretty young yet, so um, there are lots of things going on there, and uh, we definitely want to talk with um, like awesome folks about like different things. So that that's that's one uh, phase of our podcast. But um, like when, when we discuss this naming, there's like a lots of things that kind of come up with with GraphQL when you when you think about software architecture, right? So. Like, as you said, like serverless and eventing, it's also something we want to talk about. And we, we actually discussed a lot about, like, if we will do just GraphQL podcast or we will add more things like serverless and eventing. And, um, yeah, we, we decided we will add everything that, uh, like, uh, will be, like, future architecture. And, um, yeah, I'm totally excited to talk with the awesome folks and learn about new things and discuss uh, different uh, concepts of uh, in each of these three fields. Uh, so, um, Tarme, can you describe to our listeners when we talk about serverless? What what do we mean? Because sometimes people confuse serverless with, with different things. And uh, yeah, just like, um, what, what do we actually mean when we talk about serverless? So you're absolutely right about there being a lot of confusion about what serverless is and what the term means, right? And that's exactly one of the things that we can talk about in the podcast and that we kind of talk with the with different people and experts and kind of figure out, you know, what it means and what the confusion, uh, what the confusion is about. The 
the reason that i'm personally very excited about serverless um is is because of how it's it's changing things uh in a very interesting way right so if if you think about it when aws lambda came out it was seen as a function that you could kind of uh, run in a super restricted environment and you did not have to care about the ops of it but the idea was that you would kind of write source code or upload a zip and you know expose a quote unquote main function and that will kind of run uh, whenever a particular event happened right initially this seemed like a super restricted environment and but but now the ecosystem has kind of exploded around this idea right and and there are two things uh, that i'm i'm specifically very excited about uh, in the application of serverless right the first is how serverless is helping teams build faster it's kind of weird but serverless functions are like an extreme version of microservices right so um individuals or small teams write their own functions and uh, you know it's it's in a very restricted environment so you can't handle state you you can't do certain things that you could do when you were writing microservices but what you're able to do is kind of take complete ownership of this small piece of the business logic right and and this is increasing the overall speed with which the application is with which you're able to kind of add features to the application and of course there's a nightmare scenario that might eventually happen where you know you just have like a crazy set of functions that are just kind of lying around and doing their own thing but uh, but it's interesting to kind of figure out you know how where that line is and how you navigate that and how do you prevent that scenario um of having just a lot of arbitrary functions that are under no control um and that don't have too much code reuse and stuff like that um but but overall you know increasing feature velocity um is a use case that i'm super excited about the the other reason um the other use case that i'm i'm quite excited about serverless is that moving your business logic to serverless can kind of change the cost curve that you have for running an application you know inside an organization and and in a lot of cases the impact is super dramatic where moving to event triggered compute whether that event is an api call or the event is a database event um uh, can really impact the way um, you know you you think about your you know your cloud vendor costs uh, and in some cases the impact is not very dramatic um uh, and so i'm kind of excited to understand what the extent of the impact is and you know where the impact is most visible and where it's not so so these are kind of two super exciting things uh, about serverless to me Oh, uh, yeah, I'm also really excited about like learning more about serverless and uh, uh, yeah, um, and like apart from serverless and, and GraphQL, we also have the the concept of eventing and um, while like GraphQL and serverless is maybe topics people already heard about, like at least like as a concept, but eventing is like fairly new and uh, people probably haven't heard much about that. Uh, Tiro, can you please give us a kind of brief overview what is reliable eventing and yeah what what does we mean when when we talk about eventing yeah yeah sure uh, so basically when you think about an app events are a natural way to think about the interactions in your app and uh, what your app is supposed to do and uh, what the various steps are so these are actually in, in a developer's head these are just events uh, but translating these events to a backend or a full fledged application is not that easy today what what that means is that although you're thinking in events but you are probably not leveraging the entire scope and the advantages of use building event driven architectures 
So that is why uh, three factor app proposes reliable eventing as one of the factors because uh, the advantages that you get with reliable eventing and the advantage of translating your event driven model into an actual backend is very useful. It's especially useful with uh, what Tanmay just described with the rise of serverless and serverless being naturally event driven because they are invoked per event. That is how they get their per invocation cost benefits and so on. So serverless fits very nicely into this event driven model. But what's important is to make the event system very reliable and provide guarantees and a development model so that people can actually build uh, systems using GraphQL and serverless or whatever they have uh, within proper event system. So one example I can give is of an application that uses an event system uh, is streaming database changes or something called change data capture, which basically on whatever mutation happens to your database, uh, emits an event, persists that event and emits it, which calls a serverless function, which does some business logic and itself emits few more events. Uh, but the important part here is that the entire architecture is event driven and the events are persisted so that in case of failures, you can retry and you can probably take the entire system from one place to another region of the cloud and you can get going with that application as well. Thanks, Tiro. As we can see, modern architecture is moving towards three-factor app proposal and there are lots of things to discuss in these three fields. In upcoming episodes, we'll have industry leaders talking about best practices, tools, techniques, and basically everything you need to know in, uh, for these three ecosystems. Um, thanks a lot, Tiron Tanmai, for um, explaining serverless and uh, eventing to us. And uh, stay tuned, uh, like everyone, all our listeners, stay tuned for next episodes. There will be lots of awesome content lots of uh, new things to learn and um, really great people um, as guests of our podcast see you in the next episodes